You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today's episode is called Consistency with the Care Model. What I want to do today is to walk you through a model that I've developed, which I've called the Care Model, to help you to be consistent with your own self-care, which is your physical, mental and emotional well-being, so that you can build resilience. In case you didn't listen to my last episode, number 96, I defined resilience and talked at length about it there, but the gist of it is that resilience is the ability to adapt to and to cope with life's challenges with ease and to bounce back and thrive in spite of them. So the opposite of resilience is not being able to cope. It's when stresses come into your life and you can't handle them and you go into a downward spiral. Resilience is your ability to make the best of things and thrive despite the issues. And as I've mentioned previously, if resilience were money, it would be a $50,000 buffer in your bank account. In other words, building resilience isn't something that just happens or that you just get. It requires a regular investment in your own physical, mental and emotional well-being, which we know as self-care. So what about self-care? You may know what to do, but if you're like most people, you're facing the challenge of being consistent with self-care. Maybe some weeks you're all over it and you're really consistent with eating well and exercise and going to bed on time and all of those sorts of things. And then other weeks, you're not doing so well or falling in a heap. You know what it's like. Stuff comes up in life. Your kids need something urgently from you or you get loaded up with extra work or your partner says, you need to spend some more quality time with me. And so because of those sorts of things, your exercise session or your meal prep or the chapter of the book you were going to read gets shelved. And maybe it gets shelved yet again for later that will never come, which I call the 12th, as in the 12th of never. (laughs) And in the short term, that's okay. No worries. Sometimes things get in the way. But if it keeps happening, if it's happening regularly, if you're putting off your self-care to attend to other people or to put out spot fires for others, then you're adding nothing to your resilience bank account. And that means that your ability to cope with stress, to be creative, to make decisions and those sorts of things is going to decrease. So right now is a great time for you to decide how you want to respond to stress in the future whether that's going to be a downward spiral or your ability to lift yourself up out of the chaos you feel and thrive in spite of it. I'm assuming that you want to choose the latter approach and therefore that you want to find some self-care activities that are absolutely not negotiable and that you can be consistent with. And that's what this care model is all about. So let's look at a simple five-step process I've developed to get it right, which is using the care model to develop a not negotiable self-care routine. Let's start by talking a bit more about self-care and how to tell whether you have it or whether you don't. As I mentioned earlier, self-care is any activity that builds and maintains your physical, mental and emotional health, and it's therefore essential for building resilience. 
It could be described as a more positive set of habits that you can use to create the upward spiral rather than the downward one. And some different sorts of self-care activities that could be used to build resilience might include doing some exercise, being in nature, painting, gardening, singing, reading, cleaning up, getting organised, cooking and eating healthy, nutritious food, speaking aloud, writing, drawing, playing with your pets, sleeping well, doing puzzles or playing games, pursuing other hobbies, speaking regularly to family or friends, being part of a community. It could be any of those things and many other things. It's anything that makes you to feel physically, mentally or emotionally good. A friend of mine came up with a really novel self-care activity recently. I was so pleased to hear what she'd done. I thought it was such a great idea. She sat down with her partner and they looked through all of the photos from their 2018 European holiday while reading their travel diaries together and reflecting on the memories of some really wonderful experiences they had. They can't travel, so they just went into the memory bank and relived their experience and talked about them. What an awesome way to spend an evening. That's self-care. I would invite you to reflect on your own life for a moment and to get an idea of your current level of self-care. Are you attending to it as much as you'd like and in ways that you enjoy? Here's a way to figure it out. Here are some clues that you might need more or different self-care habits. You're experiencing insomnia regularly. You have food cravings a lot of the time. You find yourself overeating or overdrinking regularly. You're feeling stressed. You're short of breath, feeling rushed, or have a fast resting pulse. There's some physiological signs. You have aches and pains. You feel run down, tired, or unwell. Any of these things are indicators that something needs to change. They're telling you that you're not looking after yourself as well as you need to be right now in order to feel well and to thrive. So to that end, what are some creative self-care activities that you think would help you to build resilience? Let's talk about that a little bit later. And right now I want to explain the care model to you because I'm going to ask you to develop a list shortly as I walk you through a five-step process. But before we do that, I'd like to explain how this model works. Since resilience requires a regular investment in self-care, then you need to define some non-negotiable habits that you can do consistently to meet those physical, mental and emotional needs. I know I've said that before, but I want to be really clear about this. The habits need to be not negotiable and you're able to do them consistently. So how do you work that out? The model that I propose will help you to do it. So I'll explain how to use it in a moment, but basically you could say that a habit that you'll most likely sustain has four traits. The C in the care model stands for convenient, and convenient means that whatever the habit is, it fits easily into your existing lifestyle. It's not a huge effort. It's something that you could easily slip in in several different time slots during the week if you needed to. A is that it's attractive, meaning it's something that you want to do and enjoy. It's no use trying to make yourself things that you don't like because that's not sustainable. 
Captain Obvious here, but just saying. R is realistic. And to me, realistic means that the habit you're looking at is scalable. In other words, you could do five minutes of it or 50 minutes of it so that it fits your schedule, but in either case, you still get some benefit. Here's an example. Going for a five-minute walk could still give you enough benefits that it doesn't matter if you're not doing half an hour every day. At least if you could fit in five minutes, it would contribute something to your resilience account. So realistic is an activity that even if you only did five minutes of it would still give you some benefits. And the E in the care model is that it's energizing. It means that you feel good after doing the activity and that could be accomplished, productive, uplifted or having a calm energy. So when I say energizing, I'm meaning that it's uplifting in some way, physically, mentally or emotionally. One of the benefits of developing and sticking to a self-care routine is that it reminds you of all of the things that you can control in uncertain times and it counteracts your brain's tendency towards the fight and flight response because you have certainty around at least some things that you can do for yourself and those things confer benefits. So let's talk about how you go about defining a self-care routine. Firstly, I'm going to walk you through five steps. And firstly, I want you to think about your typical seven-day week, just any average week in any week of the year, the stuff that you do habitually day in and day out. There may be work, there may be getting kids to school, cooking meals, cleaning the house, visiting friends and family, and all of the things that you may do for yourself. So zooming in on your self-care on any typical week, ask yourself, firstly, what am I currently doing to look after my own health and well-being as a not negotiable, consistent thing right now? I'd like you to write down what you do and when at the bare minimum. For example, let's say that your bare minimum is that you go for a walk on Monday and Wednesdays for at least 10 minutes. You do some meal prep on Sunday for the week. You go to bed by 9 p.m. on weeknights. And you take time out for yourself every Sunday morning to sleep in and then do whatever you like. That is actually pretty much my self-care routine as a bare minimum. And that's just one example, but make sure that you capture everything that's meaningful to you. I could also add to that how much water I drink every day, because that's something that I also do and monitor. And the fact that I read before bed every night. So there are a couple of other things that I do for my self-care as a bare minimum. So think about your list and then ask yourself, is that adequate for your needs? We'll go into the, that a little bit more in a moment, but you can work out where you are right now by reflecting on how well you handle stress based on this minimum level of self-care that you're doing and how quickly you bounce back from it. Go back and think about the list of symptoms and, and signs that I mentioned earlier, insomnia, cravings, worries, a monkey mind, those sorts of things. If you're a, a reactive person, feeling rushed, then the minimum level of self-care that you have is probably inadequate if you still have those anti-resilience signs and symptoms, those stress signs and symptoms. So the first thing is to think about what you're doing already and how that's working for you. Step two is then to ask, well, what are the gaps? And 
I'm encouraging you to use your instinct here to figure out whether the gaps are more in your physical well-being, your mental or your emotional. Or you may like to have other categories in there like physical, well, uh, spiritual well-being, for example. But use your instinct and say, is it my thinking patterns that need work? Or is it more that you need more connection with other people or time for yourself? What is it? Physical activity, better quality food? Think about that. Just use your instinct to figure it out. And if you're not sure on the gaps, I have a little exercise that I use, which is dreaming about my ideal day. I know this sounds kind of weird, but it's probably going to tell you where you're lacking right now. I know that if my ideal day is playing on the beach and sipping cocktails, then I'm overworked and I don't have enough fun and time for myself and exercise in nature. If your ideal day is hanging out with friends and going to the gym and meditating, then perhaps you may be lacking in some of those areas. So in, when I say ideal day, I'm thinking compared to where you are now, today, your typical day, what would you rather be doing than what you're doing right now? So that's what I mean when I ask you to think about your ideal day. It may give you some clues about some needs that aren't being met, about some gaps in your self-care. Step number three, ask yourself this, how could I fill those gaps? And this is a two-part answer. The, the simplest way to work out how to fill the gaps is to make a list of all of the self-care activities that you're currently doing, plus anything else that you might like to try that could fill the gaps you've just identified. This is just a brain dump and we'll sort it out in the next step. So make a list, everything that you do as a bare minimum, including any things that you think might help you to attend the gaps you've just identified. It should be a list of between five and maybe 15 different things. Step four in creating your self-care routine that's not negotiable, that you can be consistent with, is to ask, what does my ideal self-care routine look like to meet all my needs? And this is the one that meets the care model. So for each of the things that you've just listed, those five to 15 things that you're currently doing or could experiment with, rate each of those according to the care model. For each of those things you've listed, ask yourself, is it convenient? Does it fit easily in your existing lifestyle? Or is there a fair amount of preparation or effort involved in doing it? Secondly, is it attractive? Do you want to do the activity? Would you enjoy it? Then is it realistic? Can you enjoy a benefit from doing it as little as five minutes or up to 50 minutes depending on your available time and does it realistically fit into your day somewhere? And lastly, is it energizing? If you do this thing, do you feel good afterwards? And remember, it could be energizing could mean accomplished or productive or uplifted or having a calm energy. So use those four parts of the care model to rate each of the activities you just listed. Score them. And if an activity ticks all of those boxes, great. It's probably going to be a core part of your not negotiable self-care plan. If an activity doesn't tick all those boxes, it could become a source of guilt or pressure. So you'll probably want to change it or replace it with something better. To do that, look at the activities that you're doing right now regularly and ask yourself how they might change to fit with the care model if they don't already. 
what tweaks might you need to make? For example, let's talk about the type of exercise you're doing. Maybe you don't enjoy it. It's not attractive, in other words. So perhaps there's a way to make it attractive or a more attractive form of exercise that would make it easier for you to be consistent. That's an example of how you might tweak one of your current self-care activities that doesn't quite fit the care model. Now take a look at any of the new activities that you brainstormed as things that you might like to try and ask yourself how they fit with their care model. For example, let's decide or let's, let's say that you've decided to go hiking in the bush nearby and you decide, well, it's attractive, I could do a short session, it's energising. Is it convenient though? Is it really convenient? Could I fit that into my existing lifestyle? And that's going to force you to think about your week and get you reflecting on where it could actually fit or whether it's not really something you could do regularly. For me, if I thought about hiking, yeah, it's not that convenient, but if I really wanted to do it and it was attractive and appealing to me, I guess I could fit it in on a Saturday afternoon. That's just my thinking about hiking. <laughs> For you, you'd want to have a greater connection to it. So if it fits that model, or if you could get that activity to fit that model, it's probably a good candidate for experimenting with. So this should have left you with a bit of a short list of maybe three to six or seven activities that you could do regularly that are convenient, attractive, realistic and energising. Great. And the last step, step five, is to develop your realistic, not negotiable schedule. Here's the thing with creating any sort of schedule to form a new habit. It takes time and focus to form a new habit and it's best to work a little bit at a time. If you try and do it all at once, it probably won't happen and you'll feel like you failed. So I suggest a slower approach. To develop your realistic, not negotiable schedule, start with what's already working, those things that you're doing consistently that fit the care model. Schedule them into your calendar as you normally would and make sure that you feel at least 9 out of 10 confident that you could do them every week in that time slot or in a plan B time slot. So that's the basis for your self-care schedule. That probably feels pretty good, right? You've got a set of things that you know you've done before consistently and you can keep doing consistently and you know how they serve you at the moment. Before you do anything else, consider whether you have room for anything else right now. The idea is that if you're going to add to your self-care routine, you want to do it without any stress, pressure or potential guilt at not being able to do things. If you can't do that right now, if you don't have capacity to add anything else, then keep your routine, routine as it is and review this in a couple of weeks. What's more important is that you win and have consistency in at least a few areas than trying to do too much and not achieving it and feeling miserable. You can always beat your minimum, but as a regular consistent habit, keep it at a minimum and work with your capacity to add more slowly but surely. So let's say that you decide to keep your baseline activities in place for a couple of weeks and you review it and you think, well, maybe I could add something else. Consider just one or two things to add, even just once or twice to build more self-care into your life. 
So perhaps in two weeks you come back and you think, mm, I might like to try some meditation. Well, be specific about that. Maybe you want to do five minutes of meditation on a Sunday morning. That's the best time slot for you. You're most likely to do it then. And you're going to see how it makes you feel. Meditation for you, if that fits the care model, could be an option. And maybe just once this week to see how you like it. Then you can think about building that up. The kicker is it takes 12 weeks or 86 days to habituate a new routine, which means to, to make it an automatic habit that you don't have to think about or drag yourself to do. But it often takes much longer. That's because you have an established life with millions of habits already in place. So it's best to start small and incrementally and work up. You can see it's a gradual process and if you're building up self-care activities in a way that's low pressure, comfortable and achievable, it's going to feel good. You're going to feel more confident. You're going to feel like you're winning and you're going to build resilience consistently. So that's the five-step process. And remember, three golden rules. Keep it simple rather than undercommit. It's, it's better to undercommit and exceed your own expectations than the other way around. Number two be extremely specific about what you'll do and when so that you always win. You need to physically and mentally clear space in your weekly calendar for those not negotiable habits. So be very sure that you can fit them in. If you've got two things in one time slot, it's not going to work. So make sure you allocate a specific time slot to try doing something new or to do an existing habit. Number three, build your habits gradually, starting with what you like best, what you've had past success with, and what suits your current capacity. There's quite a lot to think about with this, and I may even end up making a workbook around it because I think it's a really important skill and process that we all need to learn. But the care model can help you to get clear on the habits that will most likely work best for you. So let's sum up what we've discussed today. Self-care is any activity that builds and maintains your physical, mental and emotional health and it's therefore an essential building block of resilience, which is your ability to bounce back despite the stresses of life. Self-care is a positive set of habits that create an upward spiral rather than a downward one. So I think that's pretty clear. The thing is that when people struggle to be consistent with self-care, it's usually because they expect too much of themselves or try to do too many different things at once or do things that they think they should do rather than what they like. I described a care model today that to help you overcome those obstacles and to help you get clear on the habits that will more likely be sustainable and not negotiable, therefore that you can be consistent with in the long term. Then I outlined a five-step process to help you implement habit change on your own. And what I've described today is pretty much exactly how a health and wellness coach works. We support people to become motivated and self-accountable for building their own realistic, not negotiable self-care routines to build resilience, capacity and a better quality life. If you would like some help, if you would like to know more about coaching or to find out about the different sorts of coaches that are available, I'm connected with a massive network of coaches and I also take on a few private clients myself. You can reach out on melaniejwhite.com forward slash contact and ask about coaching if you're interested to learn more about it and see if it's something that might be a fit for you. Okay, off over to you. Go and do some self-care and more importantly, 
figure out if what you're doing is sustainable so that you can feel good about it. Have a fantastic week. Look after yourself and I'll see you soon.